get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. know that there's nobody more passionate about Major League Baseball than Greg Amsinger, lead anchor for MLB Network, and of course, the Lindenwood University and a native of St. Louis. But one thing you got to know about Greg, who's with us now on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line, is I'm that even in the midst of the baseball postseason, Greg Amsinger is all in on the blues, mm. right? I, I got to tell you, after 13 seasons, Randy, at MLB Network, I finally was able to have a new rule at our Secaucus, New Jersey studio. When I am in a studio live and the Blues are playing, a portion of the studio needs to be airing the Blues game (laughs) if I am doing both at the same time. So I was hosting a show while I was peering over to my right watching the Blues win 3-1 to against the Golden Knights. I thought Tarasenko was all over the ice, seven shots on goal. I love the way he's been playing. It was a Bennington was unbelievable. I, I, I have to watch the Blues. I'm a psycho Blues fan. Well, Greg, the fact that you get that on in the studio, I'm impressed. That's a lot of juice that you have. Well, they thought that I would be distracted, and I understand why they would be worried. I do have ADHD at a very high level, but it makes me good at my job. I can't focus on one thing. It's hard for me to watch one game. So since there's only one game going on on a night like you know yesterday after the first playoff game was over, I need a lot of distraction to make me feel comfortable. So it was good for me. I think it made the show better. Well, Greg, I don't think we've spoken to you since the Cardinals had their press conference announcing that they're parting ways with manager Mike Schill. What was your reaction to not only the move, but the timing of the move? I, I was floored, honestly. I, I really, like all of you, I'm sure, I, I did not see this coming. Um, John Mozeliak does what John Mozeliak wants to do. He has won and put a winning product on the field each and every year. <laughs> he cares about the organization. He's a caretaker of, of, of the team. And he thought this was the right time. I know Mike well. Uh, I think he's a great guy. I hope he gets another crack at this because I think he's a good manager. But, man, it's it's part of where the, the game is today. And, and I was having a conversation with Harold Reynolds about this, this whole story. And in many ways, what Alex Cora has already done and what he's doing is almost trying to save the relevance of a big league manager. To see where the Red Sox were last year without him and to have him come back with not too many new adjustments to the club. I think they went and got Kyle Schwarber at the deadline and a couple other pieces, Hunter Renfro in the offseason, but pretty much the same team. And to see the difference a manager can make, a manager who really gets his say. He picked his staff. Yes, he had a couple recommendations, but this isn't Hein Bloom telling Alex Cora what to do. So, uh, the managerial role has been watered down. Even Aaron Boone lost his good friend Phil Nevin, decided to still come back. Front offices are in control. 
And with that said, where is if, if it's not Oliver Marmol or Stubby Clapp who will take over, is Bruce Bochy willing to do what Dusty Baker did in Houston? You know, is Buck Showalter willing to do what Dusty Baker did in Houston? Like, I'm so desperate for a job. I love Dusty that he'll go and just be told, here's your staff. I don't think these guys who have dirt in their cleats are going to do that. So, to me, this is where the, the role in in managing is and, and where it's going to be for an extended period of time. You're going to have managers coming up from within, and it's basically like AAU basketball. You know, you, you just work for a program on a given day. You don't even know the, the, the assistant coach next to you. You're, you're all just part of a program. And I don't know if that's good. I, deep down, I don't like the sound of that. But I hope Mike Schultz gets another chance doing this. Greg Amsinger, uh, it's interesting when you look at recent history. Alex Cora, his first Major League managerial job with the Red Sox. David Dave Roberts, his first Major League managerial job with the Dodgers. Davey Martinez, same with the Nationals. But for a long stretch of time, you go back to A.J. Hinch, it was his second job. Madden was his second job. Ned Yost was his second job. Bochy was his second job. It used to be that you needed that experience before you could win. What has changed that's a great point. John Hart, longtime GM of the Cleveland Indians, Texas Rangers, told me that he only wanted to hire managers who had done it before. And the reason was every single manager who loses their job always sits back and reflects and goes, how would I do it differently? And that is like the missing ingredient to, to uh, an impact manager and a guy who's just getting his feet wet. I mean, the A.J. Hinch uh, comparison is the most dramatic. I mean, just his confidence in the role, you could see it. I remember doing live look-ins when he was with the Diamondbacks, and there was there were a couple moments where he went to a binder and was flipping to a binder. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. And we were all going off on A.J. Hinch, like, how is this guy ever going to be a good big league manager? When he lost that job, we are like, well, this is it. You'll, you'll never see him again. Uh, Brad Ausmus at times looked like he was lost, and some people think that Brad Ausmus will manage again, and more than likely, he will. I, I just think it's the it, it's the direction of two things. Um, technology being in the dugout is a bad thing. I mean, I, I've heard that with these iPads that are down there, the front office is communicating with the the manager and his staff, and I, that to me that looks like meddling. I made this one comp to it like you can tell when you watch an nfl game if jerry jones is doing that thing again where he's getting involved in play calling or who should be on the field for the dallas cowboys you can tell an nfl team that has a an owner that's meddling and major league baseball with all these pitching changes and over shifting and big leaguers who are looking their caps to see where they're supposed to be standing it just looks like a product with a front office that's meddling constantly. And I think if you got rid of all technology in the dugout, get rid of all of it. You cannot look at your previous at-bat. Sorry, if you didn't do your homework last night, you're going to have to take the test without your notes. It's just the way it is. Get rid of all the technology that prohibits front offices from communicating with the, their, their staff down low. And, and you've got to get back to instinctual baseball. And you're going to have to let your manager go with his gut a couple times. That's okay. It's okay to let a guy with experience make a feel move 
because that's kind of part of what athletics is about. It's instant reactionary decision-making. And let's put that back in baseball because as it is right now, it just looks like a bunch of overcoached players who aren't having instinctual fun. In terms of uh, Mike Schilt, what are the other openings? um, And do you think he's got a legitimate shot to get San Diego? I do. Um, yeah, I know a couple of people over there, and and they they think that AJ Preller looks at him the same, really the same recipe for success that Randy just led to me with the previous question to have a guy that just lost a dream job, and this just wasn't a manager managing it in his first big league opportunity. Mike Schilt was a Cardinal true and through, and lost that gig, and no one saw it coming for a reason because all he did was win and his players love playing for him. If your players don't like playing for you, a 17-game winning streak's hard to pull off because it looked like you know, if he was on the hot seat, if that was a, if that was a buzz around the, the clubhouse, it looked like a team that was playing for their manager. I mean, to win every single night, get back in the postseason mix. I think A.J. Preller looks at Mike Schilder, the guy who's got a chip on his shoulder, learned a lot. Uh, and is out to prove something, I, I, I think he would be in the top three of where they would like to go from a managerial perspective. To me, those two, are, those two positions are the positions in Major League Baseball. Matter of fact, I can't remember we had this conversation. The last time there were two jobs open at the same time of ready to win right now. Now, forget the Yankees because of their payroll or the Dodgers. I'm talking about unique talents star talents, Hall of Fame talents with this beautiful mix of veteran and youth that the Padres have and the St. Louis Cardinals have. For both of these positions to be open at the same time, it's funny. You would think Bochy's getting back in the game, guys. Buck Showalter, here we go. Maybe Mike Sosha's going to be managing again. But because of the theme and the narrative around managing right now, I don't see that happening. I think it's going to be a young, unproven guy who's bought into the analytics or a guy that tried to buy into the analytics is willing to do it again, uh, but doesn't have that big hefty price tag next to his name and is willing to take on whatever assistant coaches that they give him. So that's why I think Schilt will be a top three finalist for the Padres. And you're not going to see these, these hall of fame managers in the mix for these two primo jobs in St. Louis and in San Diego. Greg, if you could put on Moe's bow tie for a minute or have Mr. Uh, DeWitt's checkbook, I want you to make the hire. Not who do you think they'll hire. If you could make the hire, who do you think would be the best person to occupy the Cardinals manager position? Uh, Two guys. uh, Number two on my list. This is just me being greedy, okay? Number two on my list, Mark McGuire. I think Mark McGuire has a lot to give to baseball still. I think he loves the sport. Um, I know that for a fact. His kids are getting older. I think he would look at this as a job of his dreams. He loved being a hitting coach, loved it. And anybody that worked with him knows his baseball IQ is off the charts. He'd be amazing. I think it'd be great to see. I don't know if he'd be willing to walk into a staff that's already assembled, but he's number two. Number one is someone that maybe, I, I mean, I don't get a chance to listen to your show all the time. This is way off the radar, way off to me. Maybe not. You guys maybe already talked about it. I think this guy has a perspective that few people have. I think he um, is one of the nicest human beings I've ever met. Knows the game at an immense level. If I was making this call, and the fact that he's been around the club for the last few years, my, the guy I'm hiring is a Molina, but it's Benji Molina. 
Benji Molina would be named the new manager of the St. Louis Cardinals if Greg Amsinger was making that call. I think having Yachty so close, understanding all the ins and outs of this organization because of that relationship and, and, and being so widely respected. I mean, so widely respected. I'm a big fan of catchers as managers. They're everywhere throughout Major League Baseball. And his ability to communicate in multiple languages. Uh, that If I was making the hire, no offense to Oliver Marmol and Stubby Clapp, whoever else could be on this list, or Jose Okendo, who I love. But the guy that I would hire is Benji Molina. Great idea. We hadn't, we hadn't brought that one up. You're, you're brilliant as always. All right, we, <laughs> we need to get to the playoffs. Are the Dodgers done without Justin Turner? Yeah, I don't. I, and it's not. It's not just Justin Turner. It's Max Muncie. Yep. If I would have told you, you know, before the postseason started, their their three and four hitters would not be in the lineup. Do the Dodgers have that much depth? No. At the end of the day, they need Albert Pools to play first base. <laughs> they need Albert Pools to play first base in a game five. That is how. That is how thin they are at the moment. And you know, honestly, they deserve to lose. They deserve to lose. I'm sorry. You mess with the Rias. His stuff was nowhere close to what it's been all year. It's almost as if they got annoyed that he was winning all the starts. He had lost since June 20th. What can we do to mess with this kid? Let's bring him out of a bullpen on two days rest. Now start another game against a red-hot team. It was a, it, it's been annoying. Gavin Lux in center field. Hey, kid, learn how to play center field in the postseason. Yeah, right. I just, so many of these decisions made no sense to me. To me, they deserve to lose. I think we're going to be going to Atlanta for the World Series as I say that. At the end of the show last night, I reminded our audience they were one win away from the Fall Classic last year, and the same group of Dodgers beat them three straight. So they can't forget that. They're not going to a neutral site. Instead, they're going to go home. Place is going to be packed. I think the Braves have this. There's no chance the Dodgers pull this off without Justin Turner. And then I have to believe, as you guys were watching, you and Harold and uh, Mike Lowell last night are watching Dusty let Valdez go through the lineup for a third time. All of you were probably giving a fist pump, right? We applauded Framber Valdez at the beginning of the show, like standing ovation. (laughs) It was so wonderful to see. I mean, I really, I, I ran out of my office. I was on the air with Mike Lowell, Harold, all all of our producers. Sprinted out of my office. They were eating Chinese food. And I'm, like, yelling at them, like, he's not doing it. He's not doing it. When he gave up his first two base runners in the game in the fourth inning, and Dusty Baker came walking out. You know, when you're watching these games, um, and some of these national networks, they don't constantly let you know if there's no – show me show me the, the, the bullpen. I want to see if no one's up in the bullpen. <laughs> I don't need to see that there's someone up only. Show me the bullpen. It's, it's, it's more powerful when there's no one up. But I had no idea that there was anyone warming for the Houston Astros. When he gave up his first two base runners in the fourth inning or in the fifth inning, and I see Dusty Baker walking out to the mound, I was going to lose lose it <laughs> on postseason baseball. I was going to scream and cry, almost take my lunch and go home. Like I don't want to host this show anymore. This is terrible baseball. But thankfully, Dusty Baker just walked out, gave him a pep talk, walked back in, which, hey, you never see anymore. You never see a manager just walk out, talk, and walk back in. So I love the way he pitched. You know, a deceiving fastball, the sinker, which was breaking away from righties. He was awesome. And I love that curveball. 15-mile-an-hour difference between his fastball and curveball. Framber Valdez, 5'11", lefty got it done. And the Astros are figuring out a way without their best starting pitcher. I try to remind that to people. Lance McCullers was their best pitcher, and they're doing this without him. This is a terrific performance 
by what I believe is a surefire Hall of Fame manager, Dusty Baker. And I, I hate to give the organization too much credit, but they're doing it without Cole, Verlander, and Charlie Morton. And really? Without Zach Greinke. Yeah, yeah. Because Zach Greinke is throwing up a 63-mile-an-hour ethos pitch at Fenway Park and throwing it and getting out of the way because it's not working out. So they are they are really super thin based on what we're used to seeing from the Houston Astros. They've kind of piecemealed this thing together in their starting rotation. The bullpen, without any true flamethrowers, I mean, Ryan Presley is one of the best relievers in the American League. No one talks about because he's not coming close to 100 miles an hour. It has been an old-school approach to using a terrific defense, which the Astros have, and, and making sure they get outs. Look, man, there are going to be people booing them everywhere they go because of what they did. I understand that. But what they're doing this year under a microscope of making sure no one cheats is proving, uh, and there are going to be some fans in St. Louis that hate to hear this, they didn't need to cheat. They didn't need – I know they did, and they deserve the consequences of doing that. This team was so good, and it's still so good. They didn't need to cheat, and that's what they're proving right now. Greg, you're the best. We'll be watching tonight, MLB tonight, after the game, and keep up the great work. All right, go Blues. Let's go Blues. Uh, Greg Amzinger, MLB Network, joining us on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line on 101 ESPN. He is fantastic. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, bet online for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Want more ways to show your good side to the world? Donate plasma at a Griffel Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.